A lot of people really realize that the military is not for them, which is okay. I think we need to do away with, if people want to get out, let them get out. You know, military is not for everybody. Welcome to Theology and Therapy. I'm your host, Alicia, and I'm currently a therapist in training who aspires to help the Christian community. Being that I am a student, everything that I say will come from my own research and or experience. And this podcast is not to be a substitute for therapy. I highly encourage you to seek a licensed mental health professional in your area. Okay, now that that's out of the way, I hope you enjoyed this session. If you're listening to this, then you are either curious of why the military is stressful or you want to confirm that the stress that you're going through is actually being said in this session. So I would like to give a active duty perspective of why the military is stressful. So, for those who may not know, the, the second that you go to the recruiter's office and say that you're interested in joining the military, that's when the stress begins, and it ends when you are getting out slash retiring. The whole time you're in the military, it is completely stressful. So from day one, you know, you go to basic and that's stress within itself, right? You're new to this military life. You have people yelling at you. You have to go through these different um, obstacles, whether it's mental, physical, so that you can, quote unquote, prove that you are built for the military to serve in the military. And so after that, you go to tech school. And this is where you learn about your job, Um, you have to, you know, take tests, you have to obviously graduate in order for you to go to your base. And then when you get to your base, you then have what they call upgrade training. And upgrade training can be different things. It can be hands-on. It's also, you have to read a textbook and take tests and pass that. And for those that are not in the military, you know, the civilians out there, you may be thinking, well, if you just graduated tech school, why are you now reading a textbook about what you should have already learned in tech school and having to do that as well? And I'm so glad you thought that and asked that because when you're in tech school, It is cramped information that they push out to you for a couple of weeks, a month, a couple of months. There's some tech schools that's a year, and it's very, very broad. What you're learning about your job is very, very broad. And it's not until you get to your base and you start doing the upgrade training and reading the other textbooks that you see that, okay, it's more in depth of what you do for your job. And so that's stressful already, right? Because you already know that when you're at your base, you have to study again, 
it feels like you're in school all over again. You have to study, you have to take tests, you know, and you have to pass. But while you're doing that, you still have to work your job. So you're still working eight, 10 or 12 hour shifts and finding the time after work or on your lunch or before work to study what you need to study for your upgrade training so that you can take the test and pass. And then on top of that, you also have to be physically fit. We all know, whether you're military or not, that there is a physical standard that you must keep or uphold while in the military. So not only are you studying, right, basically in school all over again, working 8, 10, or 12-hour shifts, then finding time to work out Um, let's not forget those who are married or have children. So then you still have to, if you're a single parent, let's say, you still have to, you know, tend to your children. You know what I mean? You can't say that, oh, okay, I need to study. You fend for yourself. You still have a responsibility in that aspect. And so that's where that stress really comes into factor, especially when you're first starting out in the military because you're trying to now um, become acclimated to this military life. You know, usually people that join the military or majority that join the military are fresh out of high school. And so they didn't really have, they had more freedom, you know. And if you did join later in life, you're already used to that, um, your day-to-day thing. And so when you join the military, it kind of throws that curveball because now you have to add more things on your plate. And then if you really want to stand out, if you really want to make rank, if you really want to get noticed, you know, get awards and things like that, then you have to volunteer. You have to be, you, you know, you have to excel and shoot for the stars for your career. So along with all the added stress that you have of, studying and working out, taking care of home, um, working your regular shift, you have to now volunteer whatever time that you have to different things so that you can accumulate all these, um, how can I say, accumulate all these brownie points, shall I say, so that you can get or help towards your promotion. So that is that's stress just off of just being op- in the operational military, right? So then we throw in the deployments. We throw in the um, bases that you're being stationed to. Normally, if you're active duty, then you're not being stationed at a base close to home, unless obviously you requested that or the luck of the draw, right? Normally, you're being stationed at a base that's far from home. It could be out of the country. It could be on the other side of the the country. You know, you're going now to a new location where you don't know anybody. And that's stress on, on itself because you have to think about your car, if you're going to need a car, um... Obviously, depending on your rank, you may stay in the dorm, so at least your your roof over your head is taken care of. Um, but there's so many different things of that stress that, that goes into just PCS. And PCS, and don't get me wrong, is fun when you're going to a place that you actually want to go to. 
Um, but PCSing is also still stressful because you have to think of your items. You have to think of your clothes. You have to think of all of your belongings that you have and shipping that to now this new location or getting rid of some of the stuff because you have too much to ship. So that's stressful and a lot, right? So now let's say that you're comfortable at wherever your station, you're meeting friends, and you now have a rhythm of your day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year life, right? Now you deploy. So now you're going to be gone for six months to a year or more, depending on whatever the deployment is. And now you're going to another new location with new faces. And that can be stressed because you're like, okay, well, I just bought a car. You know, who can I trust at my base to maintain my car for however long I'm going to be gone for my deployment? Or, you know, it's just so many different aspects that you have to think of and encounter um, when it comes to being in the military. And with that, don't forget, you're still working your 8, 10, 12-hour shifts. You're still finding time to volunteer and make yourself um, separate from the rest of your peers. You're still working out. You're still doing the military structure things, but now you have to factor in all these other stuff. So that can be very, very stressful. And then let's not mention you encounter combat. So you're now at a deployed location that isn't among a lot of friendly individuals. So now you're on guard. Now you aren't, you're always alert, right? You're always alert, you're always on guard. And so that's added stress, that's added stress. And then you have to now go back to the States or wherever you were at before you deployed. And now you have to act normal. And that's where a lot of PTSD come in. That's where um, a lot of people really realize that the military is not for them, which is okay. I think we need to do away with if people want to get out, let them get out. You know, military is not for everybody, and that is okay. Um, But with all these stress, especially with June being um, a PTSD awareness month, you have to really look into effect of your surroundings, your safe havens, um, all the stress that the military brings, whether it's intentional, whether an intentional meaning that you're PCSing all the time or you're deploying or whether it's unintentional where, you know, it's, you see, you know, your, your fellow soldier, your fellow airman, your fellow Marine, your fellow, um, Navy men, I don't know what they call them, but you see your, your fellow brother or sister in arms, you know, pay the ultimate sacrifice. That's unintentional. That's, that's unintentional stress that, you know, is now there and may not go away. Um, There are so many resources that the military offer that private sectors, and when I say private sectors, I mean like the civilian world, don't necessarily offer as much as the military do. We have 
um, mental health professionals who are ready and and willing to sit and just listen. And I think that we as military members, that stigma of, oh, well, if you talk about, you know, your stressors or if you talk about your mental health to a professional, it'll jeopardize your career. They'll kick you out and all these other things. And being in the military, we have this thing called Resiliency Day. And what that is, is basically it's like a a day that we take to actually reflect and learn from each other. And people share their stories. And in sharing their stories, you hear people who talk about going to mental health, sharing about being, you know, suicidal or having depression or, you know, all these different things that we as not just military members, but people in general will experience or have experienced and how they got through it. And just because you're talking about whatever you're battling to a military member does not mean it's the end of your military career. And so I really would like for us to change that stigma that to don't talk to mental health because you don't want to lose your job, basically. Um, it's free, you know what I mean? There's some people in the civilian worlds where they are paying because they're paying for mental health to talk to a therapist because it's on their insurance, their health insurance, or it's not on their health insurance, so they have to physically pay if they want to talk to a therapist, whereas us as military members, it's there avail- readily available for us anytime. And the military is so, how can I say this? The military is so aware that our mental health is very key to getting the job done and the job is getting the mission done um, that we can even take a mental health day. And what that is, and I don't know if people know what, what that is, but say that you're going through something, right, that is mentally just weighing on you and it's affecting you know, you as a person is affecting you within your job and how you're interacting with people. And sometimes you just need that a day to just say, hey, you know, I'm I'm dealing with this. Or you don't even have to explain what you're dealing with if you don't want to. Um, but just saying, hey, I need a mental health day because I need to recharge. I need to regroup and being rem- going to work and being reminded about X, Y, Z or this constant, all this things that are coming up that I'm feeling overwhelmed. I just need to relax, you know, be in bed, read my book, uh, say my prayers, read my Bible, whatever it is that you do to meditate, to get yourself back um to a hundred percent or close to it, then you know you're able to do that you know with your supervisor's um you know discretion or not discretion but approval and acceptance of it and that is that is for you that is something that you can do um just obviously letting your supervisor and stuff know another thing that makes the military life stressful is when you are 
pregnant slash just had a child. Um, because for the women that are pregnant, you know, you are going through a lot, right? I can't speak from a pregnancy standpoint, but I can speak from what I've seen or heard from pregnant women or people that, or women that were pregnant and them sharing what they go through is that, you know, that, that pregnancy, you know, that you hear as far as the, um, the pregnancy brain and how your moods change and stuff like that. And it's no different just because you're in the military. Um, if anything, it's, it's added stress that you're in the military and pregnant because you're still working. And yes, you know, you have some limitations due to your pregnancy, but you're still working. Um, and then even when you have the baby, you know, there's there could be a lot of factors that go um, to play once you have the baby. And for women, we have the option that if we wanted to separate because after having the baby, we realize that, you know, we don't want to do the military life no more. We want to really stay close to home. Um, where our support system is, we really want to be involved with the infant and blah, 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 you're able to separate early. But then what's also stressful is that the guys, right, they don't have that option. And then when the woman has the baby, you know, she's kind of confined to, like, she won't necessarily deploy right away or anything or um, PCS right away. But the guys can. The guys can still deploy. You know, uh, the woman can be pregnant. And while the woman is pregnant, the guy get orders that, you know, he's deploying. And he has to take the deployment. So that means that, okay, that's a father out there that didn't see the birth of his child. Or that's a father out there that haven't been with, you know, his wife or his pregnant girlfriend while she went through the hospital visits and really, you know, building that foundation or that interaction with their unborn unborn child at that time. I hope you enjoyed this session. All resources mentioned can be found at theologyandtherapy.com. If you would like to be a part of the Spill the Tea portion of our session, please email us at alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, at theologyandtherapy.com. If you would like to be anonymous, please state that in the email. You can also follow us on Instagram at theologyandtherapy. Until our next session, have a great week.